Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. If you want to listen live, all you have to do is download the iHeartRadio app and search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Also, if you want to catch this show on video, be sure to check out Zumo TV, channel 719. That's where you can find SportsGrid's Fantasy Sports Network. Enjoy the show, and thanks so much for listening. Welcome back to our top of the hour here on Fantasy Sports Today. Craig and Joe here with you. Don't forget, if you want to watch our show on demand, head on over to YouTube and you could just search for us and our Sports Grid channel. Make sure you like and subscribe to all of our channels and also set yourself up for notifications. And every single day, show will automatically get sent to your phone. If you have your audio on, you get that little beep and then boom, you just see that there's our show every single day. Uh, recapping real quick, uh, our top stories of the day. Uh, Shaquille O'Neal essentially says that the NBA should stop its league. The Major League Baseball is finding out when to start their league. And we had some enjoyment over the weekend with some UFC. That's kind of where we start off today, Joe. Yeah, and uh, obviously I could go on and on about wrestling, uh, but I know you're just going to throw things at me if I do, so we won't do that. Well, we'll, we'll I'm hold glad that. you Maybe enjoy it. I, I've cha- I've, as I've said, I've changed my opinion on on things just in life right now. And my opinion is very simple. I told my wife this today, and I tell everybody this who will listen to me. At this stage, after being in your house, hopefully you have been, after being in your Mm -hmm. house for almost two months, it'll be two months next week, whatever makes you feel good, you do it. I mean, you don't don't want to go rob a bank, but beyond that. Well, I do have the masks for it now. That's the plus side. Right, so that's beyond doing something criminal in nature. Mm-hmm. If 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 it keeps you happy and it keeps you going and it keeps you not thinking Bane? about, just do it. <laughs> well, you know, here's another lesson to be learned too. Everything shut down except one thing: sports entertainment. And you can go on, you know, some of these uh, these sites like DK and and FanDuel. And now there's things that you can play and games you can play for some of the pay per views and stuff. They had a game at WrestleMania. They have these things. So. It's yep. coming, and the one thing that didn't shut down and has no off-season is professional wrestling. And, yeah, it's a show, but you know what? A lot of people enjoy the show. That's why they're bigger social media than almost anything except the NFL. It's kind of crazy, but it's kind of in bizarre and yet not bizarre at the same time that everything shut down except wrestling. And not just WWE, but AEW as well. They continue to do shows every week, continue to have content, and that's something I can't wait till SportsGrid gets a wrestling show. And this guy hosts it. Someday, someday, Craig Mish, I'll give you the poppy. I'll have a lot less hair and you'll have more. <laughs> I, I don't know if you could ever have more than you've had in this last thing. I this still do. Yeah, I'm getting yeah. ready here to get rid of it. Um, also, congrats to uh, Dan Straley, our good friend who struck out 11. Oh, um, how about that? I saw that. I thought of you. Did you text him? Did you go, congratulations? Yeah, he's going to come on this week and we're going to chop it up a little bit. He's already been on before, but he'll come on again. And, Excellent. Uh, it's just the times are off with the sleeping and Korea and all that. It's, it's very hard. Well, it's like Thursday there right now, right? I have yeah. no idea. It's uh, June 6th. <laughs> All right, NFL uh, season win totals. We're moving on from the bottom of the barrel to a little bit above the bottom of the barrel. And we start off today with an NFL season win total that I just don't even want to get into, but I'm forced to. And that is the team that I that I am the closest to, the Miami Dolphins. Their season win total is six this year. Congratulations. And the over is minus 120. The under is plus 100. No one's going to mess with their odds to win the AFC East at nine to one or better yet, even their AFC championship odds at 40 to one. Although the AFC East odds, I mean, stranger things have happened, but it would take you know, a miracle. It's not even favorable. Honestly, their AFC East odds should be 40 to one or 20 to one. And um, look, you know, I, I don't, I don't think I've ever had a better feel for any bet that I've ever made in the one that I made last year. So that just shows you that, and people, by the way, all over, and it has nothing to do with me or you or Vegas or anyone could learn a lesson from that bet last year. You can have all the preparation and have have all the right information and make what looks like the bet of the decade. There is no such thing. And this is why, for me personally, and I have done shows with you and we do betting and I do shows with Howard Bender, I never jump up and down about a win. Never. And I, and I punch myself over the losses, but I will never celebrate a win because it's, there's so much luck involved in this thing that I am not going to sit here and pat myself on the back after being right 55% of the time or 60% of the time. And this was the absolute worst hit of my betting career last year, and I didn't even <laughs> lose. 
didn't even no, lose. I was gonna say it was a push, but the, I didn't oh, even the, lose. The I didn't even sweat, lose. The weekly sweat of the last six weeks of the season with you. It wasn't even a sweat. It I, was. It, it was no, 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 no. I could. It was not it. a sweat at all. Okay. Okay. Let's let's start. Let's go back here for a second. They started off zero and eight. Okay. I know you were feeling great. I was like, "There's no possible. This is the best bet." I like, I, and I was, and you, I could have got odds at plus one forty at under two and a half, and I was like, "Oh, I should have done it. I should have done it." I and remember instead we that bought a half a win to five. Like, how stupid are we? We bought a half a win. Oh, minus one forty. I'll never forget that conversation that I had with my friend. Thousands of dollars. He's like, "Do you really think that we should go from four and a half to five? It could end up costing us like five hundred bucks." I'm like, "Yeah, let's. It's like insurance. You want to have it just in case." And, and then you e- had it. <laughs> and even winning all those games at the end, I had no fear. None. Because they're going to New England the last game of the year. There's right. And New England's going to need it. There's no possible way. We didn't even hedge. We did not even hedge. That's how sure I was. <laughs> I so, lived this with you. I lived so this I got nothing weeks. on the Dolphins. What do you want me to tell you? It was Here's like what, watching I'll, someone I'll, age in real time last year. That's what it was. It was amazing because you were so, you were like, you know, walking around. <laughs> Here's, here's what I'm going to say when it comes okay. to betting advice that we give a lot of it here on this show. And yes, I'm not call and I'm not going to call and anybody. I, and I think you give a lot of good betting advice. Let me say I'm act, I'm going to pay a little compliment. Don't, listen, don't get well, too I excited. Appreciate but it, but listen, when it comes I'm going to give my co-hosts a lot of, some betting advice here, okay? You can you can say and you can call and not just my co anybody else who gives betting advice. You can think that you have the best bet. You can think that anybody who tells you that the Jacksonville Jaguars are tanking and it's a lock for them to go under four and a half wins, then you deserve a smack. <laughs> you because you did not watch year. the NFL last year, okay? <laughs> I believe the Jaguars are going 0-16 too, okay? And I believe there's a chance they start off 0-6 or 0-7. But this is th- these are human beings here. And if for some reason they decide to start playing like they did for that coach last year in Miami, then Jacksonville's going to win themselves five or six games. Well, I guess that's the question. I mean, that was a new coach, got rid of a lot of people early on, kind of created his own In new, Miami? Yeah, and, and Brian but they Flores still had in. no talent. They lost by no, six they didn't, points but what week they had, one. Like it but was I, like, I think what Flores did last year was he, you know, he jettisoned Fitzpatrick. He, you know, he, he you know, huh? he did all these people. Minka Fitzpatrick. Minka oh, Fitzpatrick. Minka. Sorry. Yeah. Sorry. I, I, my apologies. I, I forgot. They traded Tunsil, their they best traded player, Tunsil. right before They traded the a lot of these guys, right? So they get rid of all their best players. And then basically it was like, hey, everybody's on notice here. So we're all playing for jobs somewhere else next year. And I think it clicked for people. And I think Flores started to get through to people too, of saying, look, this is how we're going to do things here. And it, Start, hey, look, you go into New England, you beat New England in New England. I know it wasn't the same old Patriots, but still, it's still an impressive Honestly, thing. I don't, even, I don't even know how that, I, I just New England doesn't lose in December in New England. <laughs> Historically, it does not happen. So, and this year it's at six. And I don't know, I mean, call me crazy here with this number here at six. I think that two is going to play more games than six. How's that? I think two is going to work yeah, his way so. as a competitor. And he's going to do it. And I think you and I should make a little friendly wager here on the show. Yeah, we It's the gentleman's wager about games for Tua. Because if there's one thing I've learned about that guy, he is a unique competitor. Yeah, he is. And, I just, I, I just, find I, I think that in a normal situation, you could be right. But I think he's going to make, I think this is exactly what people are going to do. So whatever that number for Tua games is played this year, I think there's money to be made there. I think he's going to find a way to do it. Yeah, I don't think I, I think that every if they time had a normal Patrick, off season, it would be it would be possible. But without him getting any OTAs or anything, it just seems very hard. Uh, well, we hard don't know if he's not going to get any OTAs. There's no OTAs. What do you mean? No, we don't. We don't think like, but I, we don't know like in terms of reps what he's going to get. I shouldn't say OTAs. What I'm saying is, by the time he gets, he to will reps, not hit the. He will not be on a field until August. And 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 honestly, I don't think he'll play in a preseason game at all. I don't think he'll play one game. I, I don't think we'll he's, I don't think he's gonna play at all, man. I think he'll play. I think he'll. Work. I think he'll play like the last two or three games, maybe four. That's a max. I think he could. Uh, but but again, I'm guessing on that. I'm the- Ryan Fitzpatrick historically, whenever he's the starter going into a year, always ends up giving up the job to somebody, and I think it's gonna be two as sooner than later. He did, and then he got it back. I know. Well, but, that's what he does. He does it best. So you like the over <laughs> six wins or under? Oh uh, gosh, in that division. <laughs> if Tua plays that many as I think, I think um, I think it's a stay away. But if you had to press me, I would go over. How about you? Maybe. Yeah. Because I think people look me. at it. I'm not the right guy to ask on this. Well, look. All right. But it's a it's a not a very competitive division. 
right now. You know, it's kind of Buffalo. Maybe Patriots are good. Defense is good. Like what kind of offense do they have? They could, they could, they could get to seven. I could see. It's that. wide open. That there's someone's gonna make a lot of money betting the AFC East correctly. I don't think we know what it but is. The yet. odds aren't really favorable. I mean, that's, like I said, Miami's only nine to one. I mean, that's not a lot. No, I would have thought that would have been more, to be honest with you. No, it's not. All right, uh, the Vikings season win total is eight and a half. Uh, the over is minus 150. So the, the wild assumption here is that it's an easy over. And the under is eight and a half at plus 125. Their odds to win the North is plus 175. And to win the NFC Championship is 13 to one. Minnesota had a really good run until the end. And that came to a crashing halt last year against a really good defense. Uh, they, it seems like they brought the same team back. So, I, you know, I hate, I wouldn't, you know, I take it back. I would never. I did it last year. We did about minus 140 on the on the uh, Dolphins. But um, I'm not going to go on a total minus 150. So, of course, I would lean toward the over. Minnesota's a good team. They should win nine or ten games. It'd be a disappointment if they didn't. You can write a narrative for them not, though. And I think the narrative is pretty easy. You know, it's another inconsistent season from Cousins. You can write the narrative of a Dalvin Cook holdout affecting the team potentially. Uh, or another, or another Dalvin too, Cook injury. Madison is good, but I don't think he's Cook. I think you and I both agree he's not Probably Cook, not. even though he's well, good. Um, but I don't know. I mean, like, there's there's ways, I think, to write the Jefferson. If you're not a big Jefferson fan, like you said, you weren't a big fan of his. Maybe he doesn't really fill in that dig. So there's, there's a lot of narrative to be written here for a disappointing year. The problem is, again, you look at this division. Okay, it's Green Bay. What do you think of the Bears? What do you think of the Lions? Uh, you think the Lions are competitive? That's another I one. I do for- think the Lions are coming up. Right. Well, I said that last year, and you pounded me. <laughs> well, they were horrible last year. You but I think pounded me, but I, I said they're playing. I know they're losing, but they're playing well. <laughs> like, they're they're not a bad football team. They're just falling short, which happens sometimes. Well, they it's, went under know, their total, and they weren't good. But but this year, they did, I, but they I, fought I think that they have hard. Job. They played. They were in games. They were competitive in games, and they had some crushing losses. Like, that one against Kansas City was crushing at home. They, were, they, they lost crushing. more. They lost. Like eleven games or ten games, and like eight of them were in, they were winning, you know. So they're they're gonna. That's the team to go over on this year. I agree. You just flip, you got to flip the narrative to the next year. And they finally back themselves up there. If if and when carry on goes down again, you have a guy like Swift who can change the dynamic of that offense. Who who was their running back one? Uh, okay, who was it? Bo Scarborough for a little while. Bo uh, Scarborough wasn't bad. It wasn't bad, but I'm just saying, like, yeah, let's be honest, it's not Swift. It wasn't bad. I forgot about him. Yeah. All right, uh, we'll take a quick time out on Fantasy Sports today. we got plenty more to come, including our iconic look at a stadium. We're going to go out to the West Coast, talk about a place that has basically hosted some of the most prestigious college football games of all time, and uh, also some NFL games as well. So we'll do that next. You're watching Fantasy Sports today here on SportsGrid. Craig Mish, Joe Pizapia. Follow us on Twitter, at Craig Mish, at Joe Pizapia 17 and, of course, at SportsGrid. We'll be back sportsgrid.com betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24 7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering real-time odds predictive betting models expert picks and more want the edge then get on the grid sportsgrid.com welcome back to fantasy sports today craig and joe back here with you it's time to take a look at our iconic stadium and place of the day and it always excites me when we talk about a stadium or a place that I've been to because I can weigh in on the stadium and weigh in on the place. So this is a cool one today. So uh, today is basically we're going to be focused on the Rose Bowl in Pasadena, California. Um, it opened up in 1922, and it's home of UCLA football and uh, and also the Rose Bowl. So I'll give you my my experience with being at the Rose Bowl. So uh, <laughs> Miami, University of Miami, I would I traveled to both of their championship games. The first one they played against Nebraska, they won. The second one they played against Ohio State, and they were winning right up until the end. And then there was a call in the back of the end zone where a late flag was thrown. They went into overtime. They ended up losing to Ohio State in the Fiesta Bowl. So I went to those two championships. I used to go to all the college football championships. Now, the Rose Bowl, it's it has that Beverly Hills feel. It's in a really nice place in California. The stadium itself... The field is the nicest field that I've ever seen. It hmm, is it really? is like, oh my gosh, <clears> it's like you walk in there and it's like the green is like greener than any baseball field that you're going to see. It's fantastic. And then 
Um, and the logo, I didn't get to see the rose or the Rose Bowl because I didn't go to a Rose Bowl game. I went to the championship game. But the rose in the middle is just fantastic. Even on TV, it looks great as well. The the stadium itself has that old football feel where you, mm-hmm. like, if you're sitting at the top, Joe, like, you are walking all the way up the steps. Like, there's no, like, elevator. There's no, like, there's a section and a ramp. It's like everyone goes in and you go and you just, you just take your walk. butt off. All that must be fun at the end of the game. Because <laughs> I, I sat all happened. the way up there because the media, you know. How was it getting out of there? <laughs> I, I was media, my... so I was in and out, so I, I don't know how to compare. Oh, okay. But it was, I just remember just walking and walking and walking and walking and walking. Like, wow, like I'm at the, like at the Super Bowl, I once sat in the last row too. But it's like you walk up a ramp, you know, it's like, but this is like you actually have to walk up the stadium. So it's like an older type uh, stadium. And then the other thing, too, is that they and they told me this going to the game. And I'm like, ah, you know, what could it be? Now, I went in January. So it was the second week in January in, in Pasadena. And they said the higher up you are there, the colder it is. I'm like, yeah, whatever. It was cold, man. Like it was like, yeah, it was it's like a brick <laughs> stadium, uh, old school type feel. But. I had to go. You know, there was a it was a media bucket list deal. I'm like Rose Bowl, Pasadena, oh, absolutely. set me up. I'm in. Flew out there. Did did what a show. What was the game? Do you remember what the game was? Yeah, it was Miami, Nebraska. Miami, Nebraska. Okay. Miami won the game. Miami won the championship. Thirty-one yeah. nice. seven, maybe something like that. Nice. That was the Tom was Osborne a- Nebraska years, or uh, was Tom Osborne there? It might. It could have been at the end. It could have been at the end of Tom Osborne's end. career. Yeah, Miami just annihilated Nebraska. It was Miami with Ken Dorsey, Andre Johnson, and Reggie Wayne, and Clinton Portis, and Willis McGay. Like, oh, it was just their team was just shocky. It was just ridiculous. Like, they had shocky. There's a name I haven't thought of in a long time. They, they, the Miami teams <laughs> of that era, you could put them up against any college football era in history. Could you imagine if guys like Jeremy Shockey and some of these other guys from the U had played at the U in an era where there was Twitter <laughs> and like oh, and yeah. Facebook and cameras and phones? So many I mean, NFL players, Edron James, it was ridic- the ridiculous no, amount but of like, talent. No, but imagine, no, but I mean, like the ridiculous of some of those guys, like had oh, they been terrible. players in the social media age? I mean, it's. I mean, Clinton Portis was off the reservation to begin with, <laughs> but could you imagine like putting him out there where he could do his own videos all day long? It's something that would have been terrifying. I, I'll never forget that the year yeah. after they won the championship, they came back the second year, and they were really good again. They went back to the championship again. They won every single game during the regular season, and I remember like the second game in. Remember they had uh, Clinton Portis starting, Willis McGahee as the backup, and then some kid from high school they got named Frank Gore. <laughs> and I went to I went to interview him like he got it like a spring practice look and I'll remember I'm like ah oh, I'm like this guy like he he Frank Gore rushed for like three thousand yards in high school, and and this the talk was oh this guy Frank Gore he's gonna probably transfer he's never gonna get a chance to play at Miami and then he got a chance to play there and now he's gonna be in the Hall of Fame he's still playing he's still playing those That's... Miami teams are just it's just staggering oh yeah the recruiting Frank Gore's I mean... son is getting ready to play in Mississippi. Is he going to try to play? Yes, he wants to stay and play with his son. He's got to oh my gosh! I mean, that, that's that's a the Frank Gore longevity at running back is. I, I would have never guessed. You could have given me all three of those. All well, if you Edron James was before that, but uh, they also had. Oh, they also had another running back too. Edron James, James Johnson <clears throat> was after. Was that? I think it was James Johnson was after uh, Edron James. But if you gave me Edron James, Willis McGahee. Clinton Portis and Frank Gore. I never would have picked Gore as the last one. He was injury prone. I never would have picked him. I would have picked all the other guys ahead of him. Yeah, Portis had a pretty good career too. He had some bright moments as well. He really did. Uh, but man, it's just it's incredible. I'm trying to think of another running back that's had a career that's been as I mean, there's been guys who played a long time in the NFL. Don't get me wrong. Uh, and but I mean, that's been I don't know as as productive for as long. I mean, not that the last couple of years have been it's down, bad. but. I mean, it's it's him and who? I mean, Emmett. I mean, Emmett. Yeah, but I mean, yeah, I mean that that's incredible that's to think. That's yeah, it. I remember Emmett played with Arizona for a while. He, he did play with Arizona with... longer than people remember. Yeah, <laughs> played with Arizona, he played there. Uh, you know, I mean, John Riggins lasted a long time too, but he was not as good in the first part of his career as he was towards the end with the Redskins. You know, he wasn't quite the same guy with the Jets in the '60s. Uh, by the time Riggins was like the early '80s, Adrian stuff. Peterson. Adrian Peterson is another one too. You know, every we keep writing him off, and he keeps throwing down thousand yard seasons. Obviously, last year not so much. But is there a more 
I don't know, a bigger debacle of a situation than right now that Redskins running back grouping because I don't know. We're way off the grid. Though. Oh, we're, oh my so God. we're way off. The grid. Let's okay. go back to you. Let's go back. All right, to back on the grid. We go. All right. Uh, iconic players that played at UCLA. This is a, a pretty easy list to put together. Troy Aikman goes right at the top for sure. Number one overall pick in the NFL draft. MJD Maurice Jones drew fantastic running back in college. Fantastic running back as a pro as well for Jacksonville had a great, great career. Jonathan Ogden, some people consider the best left tackle of all time. Why not? He's up there for sure. Ken Norton Jr., also a really high-level college player and pro and a pretty good coach at that. And then people forget about Kenny Easley, who went on to have an all-pro career with the Seattle Seahawks. The Seahawks were just not really that good when uh, when Easley was there. So a couple of other names that come to mind for UCLA's football team. J.J. Stokes, really good receiver. He was uh, there for a long time. I just saw Freeman McNeil recently at the Taste of the NFL. Cool guy, former running back with the Jets. You got to know Freeman McNeil very well. Oh, yeah. Right. Absolutely. Sure. Freeman McNeil was a big deal. And and Ogden, too. I mean, what a phenomenal talent he was. I want to say he was the same draft, right? Ogden and Ray Lewis were the same draft for the Ravens. I mean, talk about a great draft for Ozzie Newsom. And that was his first draft, actually, too, which is even more staggering. Uh, the, the rumor has it that, you know, Belichick had been grooming him for it to be part of that group that sat there to make the decisions. And then when he was out, he handed all the notes to Ozzie and said, here you go. Go get him, kid. <laughs> and then he got he got Jonathan Ogden and Ray Lewis. It's not bad. Uh, Maurice Jones-Drew got a fun story about him. Our mutual friend and colleague, um, Mike Dempsey. I remember him telling me fun stories of hosting a radio show with him once a week. And he knew that when he was hosting the show with him, that he was definitely playing Madden. He knew that really? Maurice Jones-Drew was on his playstation or his xbox playing madden during the entire radio show which was always a very funny thing and he would know because every now and then he'd be he would like ask a question be a slight delay like uh-huh or he would say something like yeah um yeah i think that would be great like something would happen in the game so those are some fun stories there but uh maurice jones drew another guy too fun guy in the nfl different body type that you didn't see as much at that position but he was a bulldozer for a couple of years there with the jaguars yeah with uh fred taylor fred taylor and jones right, drew yeah. together yeah. there for a while and then jones drew took over and i believe jones drew may have played with the raiders at the end like maybe one year something yeah like and can you you nailed he kept about taking kenny himself easily. in the fantasy drafts i remember that yes he did yes he did oh he's been on himself right kenny easily is another guy that did not get enough credit too because he played on bad teams but yeah. he was a heck of a player you know, in his day. And Ken Norton Jr., another guy, too. Just everywhere he was, those teams won. I mean, it's incredible to be around. All right, so let's take a look at some Rose Bowls to remember. These are some of the best games of all time there. Texas beating USC is the one that everyone talks about, of course, because Vince Young running into the back of the end zone was really the thing that put Vince Young on the map and went on to be disappointing player i would say in the nfl well him and liner both i mean yeah, if you think about well. all the think about all the talent on that team too they had the the two running backs there right um it was white and bill white and reggie bush reggie bush i still uh, so maintain reggie bush had a good nfl career he not, had a good nfl career as but as i don't think thought but he was good not nearly the standard that uh, people would expect liner disappointed uh dwayne sure. jarrett was the wide receiver for usa Very if i recall yeah. Disappointing NFL career. I mean, I'm trying to remember outside of Reggie Bush, who had a good NFL career, but not. No, they, and, and they were a super talented team, but you're right. They really did not have Crazy. a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Crazy disappointing there, but that is probably the greatest college football game I've ever seen. I think so. Yeah. Uh, Texas beats Michigan in 2005, 38 to 37. The 97 Rose Bowl, I remember, this is, I believe, Joe Germain had a wild comeback uh, for Ohio State to beat Arizona State 20 to 17. Uh, 93 Michigan beats Washington 38 to 31 and in the 1999 Rose Bowl Wisconsin uh, beats UCLA 38 to 31 so um, in closing like I would say that if you could go to an actual Rose Bowl game it probably would have been better than the game that I went to now in all of my now I've been to all the Super Bowls and all this college football championships now, that game that Miami played that I went to, that played against Nebraska, was really good for me because I knew that from a work perspective, I was going to get unbelievable post-game. It was going to be great sound. Uh, I knew it was going to be great. But the game itself stunk. Like, it was just not, <laughs> not a good game at all. So, unfortunately, it was great all the way up until it. And then once it started, it was done. In fact, I think I still have... Uh-oh, he's looking around, folks. 
It's oh. a, you never know what he's going to pull out when yeah, he's looking I don't, around. I, you know what? I'll have to I'll have to bring it for another show. But I, I, I think I have the program <laughs> around here somewhere from that. Wow, game. there you go. There yeah, you I go. save I save all all. You're like the a low key hoarder. I've learned this about the you. The press 14. passes and all the big things that I've done. I keep I keep all the stuff. By the way, we make any progress with the plan to get you to the storage unit? Oh, not yet, not yet. We'll not yet. Okay, all right. Slow playing it, Craig. Slow playing it. I, I love this hoarder, Craig Bishop. Can't we, we should do a hoarder segment. There's we do it. I don't know, keep nearly as much as I used to. Like all all my right. passes and tickets now, I'll dump. But right. But I knew that going through this, I knew what I was experiencing. Like I I knew that as a member of the media. When I was able to interview Michael Jordan to keep the pass, I knew that this was this is going to be my chance. Uh, I one day I'm going to be able to talk about this. Like every time I was in those moments, I will give myself credit for keeping it. I have a book of all of the things that I did up until about you know 2005, 2006. I kept, or maybe even longer than that, maybe 10, 11, 12. I kept all of that stuff. NBA Finals. Because I knew, I'm like, you know what? This is going to end for me someday. I'm going to get old. Someone's going to be younger. They're going to come in, and I'm going to be done. <laughs> How so could you be getting old? Now. Look at that hair. Look at that illustrious hair. Come on now. Oh, goodness. Yeah, baby. It's like super long. Though. Wow. Yeah. Let's get that floby going. <laughs> <laughs> got to fix that. Floby. That's how you know Craig's left quarantine. The minute he comes to the show that day and he's got a fresh haircut, that's how you know it's time that's to get it. back. That's to when it's over. All right. Uh, coming up next, but we will talk about some of the best two sports sportsgrid.com betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24 7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering real-time odds predictive betting models expert picks and more want the edge then get on the grid sportsgrid.com welcome back to fantasy sports today we're going to get to our two sport athletes here in just a second i didn't say that really well coming out of the end of the last segment so i'll fix it up two sport some, some would disagree i think you said it great it sounded like sport a, athletes like no, mike tyson was introduced in the segment i, I just had athletes. a dental appointment so at the previous segment <laughs> i mentioned that i had my program from that rose bowl game so here it is oh that's a nice program look at the rose 2002 oh. national championship game my God, I feel like I'm on the bathroom. I, 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 I told you, I, and, and I will I accept keep everything that. at arm's length, Joe. Like that, I that's what I just hoard it. Not only are you a hoarder, but you must have an enormous cargo pants. I, you just walk oh, around yeah. all day with these. I'm wearing them now. <laughs> also, in this in this uh, magazine that you could have picked up, it was like ten bucks here. At the back of the magazine, you can't see it. This is an ad. It's probably backwards the way you're seeing it. No, I'm seeing it. To purchase a CD of basic insects. I see insect. that. Treat your eyes on these. Is that what yeah, you said? Yeah, and with it, you get a collectible clear plastic ice case with a free pen inside that looks like <laughs> the killer. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Michael Douglas. What a, you know. <laughs> I kept. I keep all my stuff. Yeah, that was a Sharon Also Stone a deal on moment. corn dogs in here, too. It was, that was her moment there. You know, she was a huge deal for, like, this long. And then she was in Casino, too. And then after that, she fell off the map because nobody wanted to work with her because she was absolutely out of her mind. <laughs> so, All but right, that's, so there you that's, have it. that's a fun ad right there. That, yeah, I can't yeah. imagine if I go back and look at some of my 80s scorecards from the Mets days with some of the ads in there. I'm sure a lot of RC Cola ads, but I don't know. I don't see some of the movie ads in there. That might be spectacular. Yeah. yeah. So <laughs> I, I have the, uh, the championship game for Ohio State, Miami, Florida. I I don't know. I'm just a sucker. I keep all that stuff. I think you're sentimental, and I think it's sweet. You keep. Hey, look, you keep me around. I mean, this is our third time around now. Maybe even fourth. I lost count. So I'm I'm part of the collection of Greg Bish now officially. You're like my Billy Martin. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that reminds me. I gotta go to the bar after this is over. Yeah. Too soon. Sorry. Okay, so the last dance was on last night, and we thought it'd be a good idea to talk about some of the best two-sport athletes of all time. I'm hoping I'm hoping that I got these right. And now, look, okay, there's a couple things I want to add here. I I think that there is a level, a different level of getting to the pros. So Fair. if you were just drafted, I think it's cool to mention and talk about, but they don't go on my list. They're not going on there. Like I think that's a fair like way. Dave to Winfield was a great it. college player. <laughs> Yeah, uh, Dan Marino was drafted. Uh, Todd know, Helton, John Elway, right? Well, no, well, Todd. Uh, yeah, Todd. Uh, Todd Helton never played in the NFL, but he 
but he played college football. Like that's a very high level, by the that's way. That's a very high level of college football volunteer but, quarterback. But these are the, wasn't it the him and then Peyton the Manning, right? If memory serves, it's what happened. Wasn't it him and then Peyton Manning in Tennessee? Could have been. Yeah, know. I'm almost positive that was the succession there. But, <laughs> like that was the next guy. <laughs> but I'm but to get to the pros, that's another. I mean, the college list would be too long because so many guys played college. Oh sure. And then the NFL. Uh, Kyler Murray, like he's a great baseball player, but never played. So, all right. So here is, I think, the quintessential top. We got Bo Jackson, of course, playing baseball and football at the highest level possible in both. And I think that the story ends with that. Deion Sanders was an okay baseball player. He was a Hall of Fame football player, of course, but he was an okay baseball player. He got by. He got by on his athleticism. You know, I think if Deion Sanders had chosen to really ever focus on baseball, he could have been an, maybe an all-star worthy, especially at that time, because maybe. there was a different game. There was a lot more stolen bases then. He could have used his athleticism to become that I kind of a player. Yeah. I think it's possible, but he wasn't. He could have been an everyday player. player. He could have been an everyday player. He could have even been an all-star potentially one year, but he would not have been a great player. I don't think we would have called him there. Jim Brown, I had to put on here because not only did he play in the NFL, he's in the lacrosse Hall of Fame. So I'm sorry, but I, I know there to, was a lacrosse hole. Even did I, and once I did, I'm like, that's it. Jim Brown is going on this list. Are you kidding me? Like in another sport, he's in the hall of two hall of fames. So uh, where Jim is Brown, the lacrosse hall of fame? By the way, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> Maybe Brett. I've never Brett, been. Where, Brett, let us know where is the lacrosse hall of fame? Because when this is all over, road trip, eh, you, me, I don't know. Could be fun. Couple of six packs. Yeah. Lacrosse Hall of Fame. Take six our picture in the Lacrosse Hall of Fame. Yeah, take yeah. our take our picture right with Jim Brown. Right out of Browns. quarantine too. So they, it's in Baltimore. There you go. There you go. Baltimore. Go to Inner Harbor. We'll we'll check out a, a ball game, an Orioles game. We'll check out the lacrosse. Do they do busts or do they do plaques? I wonder these things. Well, you could have looked it up. <laughs> Brian Jordan played pretty good baseball i would say i would say that he's he's the closest to bo jackson except for brian jordan was not as good as an nfl player as Deion sanders but brian jordan was a good nfl player and a good baseball player too like he's he's got to be in the top five i think yeah i i actually think this is the guy that you know you talk about even where Dion wasn't Dion was definitely a better nfl player oh, yeah. i think brian jordan was solid both you know he was a pretty yeah, good player for solid Braves and yeah yeah, and and Falcons. I mean, you know, I, I always liked Brian Jordan. I thought I thought that was cool. I, I don't know why we discourage these athletes from from doing this. It's fun. Again, there's no fun, no fun anymore. I mean, no, everybody's paid so much money too. Not that these that's guys the weren't making money. Is that it's it's not that they don't want to. Kyler Murray wanted to. It's just he got a contract that says that's it. Yeah, it's <laughs> like nobody wants to give. Everyone makes you choose. But I mean, we're never gonna have this again. We're never gonna have a Bo Jackson again. I feel like, which is sad. Unless it's someone. That basically says, hey, look, the only way I'm going to do it is is to do both. Like, I mean, the only reason Bo ended up playing baseball was because Tampa screwed him. They told him it was okay to get on the plane. He got on the plane. Turns out it wasn't okay to get on the plane. Ended up costing him his NCAA baseball season. He never forgave them and said, don't draft me because I'm never going to play for you, Tampa. And next thing you know, he goes and he plays for the Royals. And people were shocked that it happened. I got a question for you because Bo was great at both. What do you think he was better at? I think he was a better football player than a baseball player. Would you agree? Sure. I know some people kind of get lost in the shuffle there. But he could have been a superstar baseball player. He could have been a 30 home run, 100 RBI guy every year. He could have been. I I, I definitely but agree with that. Would, but I think look, I don't think it's football. He was. Yeah. If he, I don't if think he would have ever played bad at baseball games. so much as he was so good at football. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> you was, know, he was. Yeah. I still remember that Monday night, man, him running over Bosworth, man. That was just <laughs> incredible to watch. Oh, it was. Yeah. And, and and two, I had the same injury as him, except for the technology has changed so significantly. Yeah. So. Yeah. Well, I also think they said when he pulled it, didn't he? Didn't he also tear the, the another section of it as well, or there was some kind of extra break or extra? I believe because I I think I saw the same thing you did, but there was one extra thing Bo had that two it didn't have, or a certain degree of it. And obviously, like you said, medicine. This is you know twenty five. And not only medicine, but think about if the medicine was better now, Bo Jackson could have said, you know, forget football, I'll just continue and maybe play as a DH in baseball. Could the fact playing. that he played with a baseball is still. And stunning. ran. And ran. Yeah, it was absolutely stunning. Yeah. I interviewed him one-on-one about 10 years ago, probably, for mm-hmm. a TV show. 
Interesting guy. Uh, Herschel Walker in the NFL and then was on the Olympic bobsled team. Uh, yeah, Olympics are going to count for me in a big way. <laughs> so I am going to put Herschel Walker uh, on this list as well. And that is basically my top five. Uh, also, just some quick notes. Brian Jordan was selected in the first round of the 1988 MLB draft and the seventh round of the 1989 NFL draft. Uh, Herschel Walker, that's right, also 2-0 and in MMA. Forgot about that and then stopped. Right after those two fights, I forgot that Herschel Walker. Yeah, it came. That's when he. I, for, I was fortunate to be able to do a show with all these guys. He came on my TV show also, Herschel Walker, when he did his MMA fight. One of them was in Miami, so we were fortunate to have him on there. Uh, all right, now here are the secondary guys, and it doesn't take anything away from these guys, but just a different level of playing. Danny Ainge was a high-level NBA player and quit playing Major League Baseball to play in the NFL, but he did make the majors, Joe. He was not a good baseball player for the Blue Jays, but he made it. So, like, that's Major League time. And when yep. they say it's the show, it's the show. There's a huge sure. difference between the NFL, uh, the NFL and then playing in minor league baseball as opposed to playing in the majors. And I think mm -hmm. that's what's... That's why, as well, much as I want to, Elway, I'd love to put Tim Tebow on this list of 10. I can't do it. Right. Well, Elway's the same thing. I mean, Elway never made the major leagues, but Elway no. was a good enough baseball player. <clears throat> Most folks know that. He was uh, drafted by the Yankees, right, I believe? Right, Elway? It sounds right. I think it was a Yankee when he was drafted. But uh, Danny, you know, Danny Ainge was another one, too, as you're watching the Jordan documentary. He's popping up on teams because I remember Danny Ainge, his fiery, you know, spark plug Danny Ainge when he was with the uh, Boston Celtics. And then I had forgotten he was also on that Suns team, like almost a, I mean, almost a That's decade right, later yeah. <laughs> with Charles Barkley that also lost to Jordan in the finals. And it was just kind of like, wow, you know, Danny Ainge, really did, he was out there for a long time. He was there. Yeah. Fiery, fun guy, dude. This guy was, he was nuts. I thought Danny Ainge was out of his mind when I was a kid. I was watching him play basketball and he just, you know, he just seemed like just crazed. But uh, yeah, if you make the major leagues, I think you're right. That, that is minor league it's baseball stuff. It is a separator, and it's a good way to separate these two because you can go on and on. A lot of people are great yeah, athletes. Too much. Yeah. Uh, Mark Hendrickson was an okay pitcher and saw him pitch with the Marlins, and he was also played a few years in the NBA as well. So wasn't great at either, but, man, give the guy credit. Played in the NBA and MLB. Uh, Dave DeBusher goes back to the 60s, played with the Knicks in the NBA and also pitched three seasons with the Chicago White Sox, not at a high level, but, again, he made the big leagues. Jim Thorpe, of course, was uh, – very big in the Olympics and played in the NFL. DJ Dozier was a good player in the NFL, never great. Played one year with the Mets. Yeah, I saw him play minor league baseball, actually. I saw him yeah. double A in Williamsport play. The same game that I saw this guy named Jim Thome. At least I thought that was his name. They were playing some Indians organization. A guy with the high socks, Thome. He looks good. But I saw Dozier and Jeremy Burnett at the time for the New York Mets. And I thought, wow, look at these guys. We, we got some good players coming. Burnett's had some good years. Dozier... Looked good doing it, but uh, didn't quite get there. No, he didn't. But, yeah, but he looked good but he doing made it. it. But he, he looked, made it. You know, you know they say, like, he's what they look like? You know that old adage in baseball? He's definitely what they look Looks like. like a baseball player. Yeah, but it just didn't, didn't materialize, unfortunately. And then Chuck Connors will close it out here again, going back to the early 60s, played uh, the Rifleman. On Rifleman. And uh, played in baseball, NBA. Is there anything that Chuck Connors did not do? I don't know. I mean, that's, that's on the original Boston Celtics. Yeah. You know, it's it's funny. You see crossover baseball, football. You see crossover basketball, football. Where's the hockey crossover, right? You don't see a guy I couldn't find ho any hockey. Yeah. No, nobody. Joe nobody. Morgan uh, uh, of the uh, Reds played hockey. Did he? Yeah, college hockey. Okay. Because, I mean, that that's one you don't see very often. Like, if you're a hockey player, you're a hockey player, I feel like. I remember yeah. Tom Glavin was a big hockey player, too. Yes, he was. Apparently. Son plays, a, uh, plays really? hockey as well. Also, Connors uh, helped end uh, when Koufax and Drysdale both didn't want to pitch for the L.A. Dodgers in 66. They credit Connors with talking to them and getting them to come play. Well, Probably he brought the rifle. Like 100 grand. He brought the rifle. Right? <laughs> he Listen, gets credit for putting a I gun in I got 100 bucks on the that's over right. this year. You better get in there and start to play. He sends that, that's exactly what happened. That's, as I remember it back in 1966. Like it hey, you don't get to be on the rifleman without getting things done. You know what I'm saying? Chuck Connors gets stuff done. I mean, like sometimes a player strike. Too bad we don't have Chuck Connors to go show up and <laughs> get it all done. All right, uh, the, uh, we got a little bit of time to go here on Fantasy Sports today. When we come back, we're going to look back in some NBA history. And uh, also just later on today, make sure you catch Pharrell on the Grid. It's a live show now every single day, so make sure you tune in. 
You can hit us up at SportsGrid for our full schedule. Go to SportsGrid.com. Whether you're watching on Pluto TV, Zoom, or Stir, you can download our show every single day for free by downloading one of those apps. You can watch a lot of good shows, too. We'll be back with more FST right after this. Don't go away. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Hey, welcome back. Craig and Joe here with you on SportsGrid Fantasy Sports Today. And a lot of focus on the NBA and even college basketball today, although we have no basketball on the court. Interesting filings yesterday. It just looks like basically a, a lover's quarrel, essentially, between Zion Williamson of the Pelicans and essentially people who used to work with him in the past, Joe. And look, it's really hard to get to the bottom of, of a, like a, who, uh, a he said, she said type deal. But clearly what is happening here is somebody knew Zion Williamson or knew his family, got involved with them, helped them out, helped him out to a degree. And then when Zion Williamson got to the NBA and became this all-world player, which he is now and probably will be for the next decade, he decided to go in another direction for something. We've heard the story over and over again. Now, you don't always have this go publicly, and you don't always have it on the internet to read about some of the things that specifically you get sued for and specifically the things that you got benefited for. But it's a run-of-the-mill story that I'm sure has happened a million times. Just a lot of them don't go public. I know in terms of baseball, Joe, this happens all the time. Baseball players, they have an agent. Someone else tells them they should switch agents. They can make more money. They can do this. They can do that. But the problem is, is that the NCAA is so restrictive on how college players can make their money that this just goes back to look and say, hey, what was this guy getting? And then inevitably what happens is they start stripping titles away and they start taking wins away and vacating wins because they did something that they weren't supposed to be doing. But this is just a common story, I feel like, in sports. It is. And I hate the vacating. I hate when Reggie Bush had to vacate things and stuff like that or, you know, teams vacate championships. You play the game on the field. I understand there's rules. And, you know, the problem is, I mean, getting around the NCAA rules has been around as long as the NCAA. And this is never going away. It's not going away in football and college. It's not going away in college, you know, basketball. It's not going away in any of them. And and I don't know. Unless the NCAA gets really serious for once and for all and figures out a better way to do this all. Because I think the biggest thing, if I was a college athlete or had a kid who, you know, was going to be a college athlete, I would want them to have some sort of health insurance at the time that they were an athlete there and subsequent for a certain amount of time afterwards because they're basically employees. And whether we like it or not, I understand they're giving them a scholarship and saying, hey, you have a free scholarship, uh, let's say, to attend the college and you get a degree. But at the same time, they're physically laboring for the university. You know, they, they are putting themselves physically at risk. And I think it puts everybody in a precarious situation. It's like at the minimum, protecting these kids from a health insurance standpoint for a certain number of years, it's not going to cost uh, education, you know, bills that are so astronomical considering how much tuition is nowadays for colleges right. that we could take care of these kids for a little while longer. You know, those kids blow out ACLs, they blow out these things. They're working for the university. They're making the university millions of dollars. It's one thing not to pay these kids. Okay, people don't want to pay them as student athletes. That's one thing. But can we at least take care of them? Do you think that's at least a place we can start to have this conversation? I know they're talking about now the licensing and things like yeah, that. Yeah, they're going to the have images. some. They're going to have some of that, which I also think is good because I think it's kind of ludicrous that a kid who comes from nothing is out there making a university billions of dollars potentially of how good a team is, right? You're the, you're Zion Williams. You're, you're the, you know, we're the, we're the, you're the guy, you're the man, you're, you're the absolute stud that is carrying this organization and the TV deals and all these other things. Right. And you don't have enough money to go out there and buy a sandwich. I mean, it's nuts, but that's the reality for a lot of these kids. And I think at the very least, can we take care of them better? Yeah. I think that there are just so many pitfalls that are not involved in professional sports. Once you get to be a professional sports athlete, I think that you're well taken care of, but I think it goes without saying that Joe, unless you're in the NBA, it's a mess. Unless you're in major league baseball and you're not an international player. I mean, you get those guys get paid pretty well usually too, but it's a mess also. And this right. is why minor league baseball is a mess too. It's like you would think that the, the developmental programs 
in all sports. And essentially, college football is the minor leagues of the NFL, essentially, because they go from there to the NFL. And I know that they've tried to make the XFL and the AF. We know that that's not happening anymore. And the NBA you know, has that one year of college basketball where that's kind of their one minor league season. I know they have the G League now, but let's let's be real also. There's a player or two will come out of there every year and become really mm-hmm. good also. But th- those guys don't get paid well. And so... Nope. It's trying to protect the leagues more than it really is trying to protect the kids with the fear of of them not playing at that level. But what's happening now, especially in basketball, is you're seeing a lot of these players go to Europe. They're making their other choices. Right. Uh, baseball really doesn't have that at this point. So I would assume that isn't going to be the case. And certainly football doesn't have that as well. You have to play in the NBA to get paid. But, but uh, it's really hard, too, Craig, because like if you're a kid like Zion Williamson, right, who's got, you know, I mean, who's the toast of the town locally when he's probably in, what, middle school nowadays, right? That's what some of these recruiting goes on. It's kind of nuts to think about. But some of these college football athletes are being looked at in Pop Warner. And some of these young basketball kids are being looked at when they're 12, 13 years old before they're even in high school. I mean, there's no guarantee you're going to get to the NBA. So is it crazy to think these kids are going to take every advantage that's offered to them to better their situation because there is no guarantee until they sign that contract? Yeah. And that applies to 90% of them. So it's, Mm -hmm. it's hard. Like you're staring at, at a suitcase, like they make fun, like it's a suitcase of money, but like you're, you're seriously staring at that basically saying, Hey, we'll take care of you now if you take care of us later. And that just does beg the question though, Joe, is and look, we don't know about this particular situation. And I don't want to make like I pretend I know. But does Zion Williamson owe it to a marketing company that took care of him on the wink side when they weren't supposed to be, with the understanding that when you do make it big, you stay with us? Does does he owe them that? And that's that's a slippery slope too. <sighs> that is a slippery slope because you're talking about loyalty, but you're talking about loyalty for. <laughs> For a lack of integrity, which is so you know, it's like, well, do I stay loyal? It is, but but loyalty is loyalty, though. I mean, look, I don't know what I think. If you don't want trouble, you do, or you figure out a way. Not even well. I mean, look, basically, the trouble that Zion's going to go through, or the trouble that somebody else in the situation was go to, is basically your name gets slandered, right? Big deal. The college that you went to loses a few wins, big deal. And life goes on. I mean, Reggie Bush is a perfect example of that, right? When all those things happen, too. I mean, what. You know better than I because you're more tied into college sports. What's the fine situation for a lot of these colleges when these things go wrong? Like when things went awry at USC and the Pete Carroll. They lose scholarships. They lose scholarships. Why don't they get fined? I can understand losing scholarships. That hurts. I don't know what the rules are. But when when do we start taking away and hitting them where it hurts? Because scholarships hurt the team, but it doesn't hurt the the university at a macro level. And like, when do we start saying, hey, you're you're an entity. If you're not going to, you know, we're not just going to take away scholarships and hurt the program. We're going to well, hurt losing the Losing is a pretty big hit, man. Losing is a big hit. But at a certain point, isn't it always like, okay, well, we'll lose for a couple of years and then we'll get back on track. They always believe that. Years? And they usually do. I don't well, know. it depends. I think it it's, depends. I, look, if you take. Like if SMU you take, got the death penalty years that ago. That was ridiculous. But if right. you take a dozen scholarships away from a team. And those kids are going to go across the street. Back. Those, well, but those kids are going to go across the street and beat you. It's, it's they will pretty- for a couple of years, and then Penn State. There's a perfect example. Penn State is respectable again. They were a top ten team this year. You know, they were a very good team, but not an SEC quality team. But that's a historic program that took a huge hit there. Well, and then you have to go. I mean, I, I think the penalty is pretty solid at this point. Yeah, you have. I mean, you, you basically you get sanctioned for a year or two. I mean, I don't think it. And again, what are you doing there, Joe? I mean, well, I think what you're trying to do there is put pressure from the top of the university people onto the people in the athletic. Right, but so so essentially, we've gone 50 years of not having one problem with any player at Duke, and here's the first one. Now we're going to penalize all of Duke for one idiot. No, but I mean, do you think it's foolish? I think this is the first time we, this has happened to Duke. Again, the only time they got caught. Well, that's the thing. All and the I, kids do it. This is the only time they got caught. All the kids do it. Most of the universities do it. You know, and and I I don't blame them because they're in a, a very precarious situation. They are at the precipice of realizing their dream and the precipice of also at times creating a situation of removing family and, and from poverty and, and a lot of these scenarios. And that is a is. huge amount of pressure on these kids. And a lot of them, number one, don't know better because they're kids. I mean, how much, I mean, you and I were, might've been savvier 17, 18 year olds and some others, 
but you're still 18. You're still a dope. <laughs> like you're still like somebody's gonna give you a car. You're gonna go cool. I can get a girl if I drive this car, right? I can go out on a date. And it's it's crazy to think about, but they are just kids and they're being put in these situations. And I can understand. It's just, it, look, no one wins. Like really, no. no one wins because even though the player in the situation, if they become as good as Zion Williamson, all of this doesn't really matter. It matters a little bit. He's probably affected, honestly, the least of every single other person that's involved. Right. Yeah, he's got to hear about it a little bit. And yeah, like he's probably got to read a lawsuit or two. But in the end, he's going to go on and make millions and millions of dollars. And he's going to have no issue. You have all these people who have to file the stuff. You have the attorneys that are involved. Oh, now it's you have cost him money. That's the problem. It's going to cost him money. But it's, I mean, like you money said, money to him is money to him might not be as big of a deal. You know? Yeah, you know, it, it, it always comes really around hard. I mean, look, when, you be, school, when you make it. <laughs> I mean, and even the school gets penalized. But, you know, as, as you said before, which is really a fair point, it's like, yeah, they the title's vacant. But is it really like is I mean, it, in the list of Heisman Trophy winners, it doesn't yeah. say Reggie Bush. Right. But at the same time, the the bank account of USC says Reggie Bush played really well here. We made a ton of money. You know, it's not like they're giving back gates. It's not like they're giving back. TV money. I'd it's have not to like take a look and see what they did to USC. Well, in well that's what I mean. Like, I, I feel like if you don't start putting pressure on the universities themselves, then the athletic programs basically just run amok, take their hits, and then come back in a couple years after they lick their wounds, and then go back and do it again. And I can't blame them for doing it. But at a certain point, the higher ups of the universities have to step in. I mean, Miami had the same kind of problems, right? And then they brought in Donna Shalala, was it, I believe, and some other people, and then they tried to fix it all, and it was still pretty shady <laughs> some other things that are going on there well miami's but, problem was they fixed it too well and now they can't have any of those kids there and now they're not winning football games anymore well so. because they because they did it so doing bad it the right so way <laughs> yeah but you know what i mean if everybody was forced their hand to do it the right way it would be a better system but the the step one to doing that is starting to take care of the kids better because when you create a scenario where the kids are taken care of there is slightly less desire to look elsewhere for well i need well, okay, I don't need. I got health insurance, and I got this, and I got that, and okay, and I have a, I have some money coming in because of my likeness and things like that. Okay, well, at least that's a start, and maybe you know you can start to trim this away a little bit. It's never yeah. going to be and for the, the one thing too to get rid of is the idea of the kids gambling. Now they're making so much money in the NFL and Major League Baseball. That was a big reason also that they didn't want the kids being paid because the notion was they'd be betting on games and tanking games and shaving and all. I mean, that's done. There's so much money now involved in football. Yeah, this, this is not the 70s. Get rid of that yeah. stuff. Yeah, that's all right. Agree. Um, that'll do it for our show today. Uh, thanks to our great producers and editors. And, of course, uh, Brett, Danny, Ryan for putting the show together. For my co-host, Joe P.C.P., I'm Craig Mish. We'll be right back here tomorrow at 11 a.m. Eastern for another edition of the show. Make sure you head on over to YouTube, watch all of our shows on demand, including our weekend show, which we aired, which was a lot of fun, talking about a lot of the different ways that you can look into uh, getting a real or fake Michael Jordan signed item. We had James Spence on this show. He also was on the weekend show as well. So make sure you check that out for us. We'll be back tomorrow with another edition of our program. And you can see it every day on SportsGrid and SportsGrid.com. Hope you guys have a great rest of your Monday. And we'll talk to you on Tuesday, 11 a.m. Eastern, right here on SportsGrid. Have a great day, everybody. See you. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com.